We're talking sustainability and new research that looks at uh, the effects of plant-based indigenous medicines and how they can be used to support uh, children's health. Uh, It was a study done um, in the Northwest. It looked at about 61 plants, 34 families, and uh, it yielded uh, a pretty... uh, interesting uh, results and to speak to us about this study is one of the researchers on that project they're a researcher of African Indigenous Knowledge Systems, Dr. Tepis Ndlovu who joins us on the line Dr. Ndlovu, a very good morning to you welcome to Weekend Breakfast Good morning, Cooks Thank you very much for your time Dr. Ndlovu, tell us about what question was this study looking to answer what was it looking for? Okay, uh, thank you about that question. Uh, the study was mainly looking at documenting and exploring medicinal plants that are used to treat and manage childhood diseases across uh, Northwest province, as we have inadequate documentation of these medicinal plants. Mm-hmm. Why do we have uh, inadequate documentation? Is that just a matter of because so much of the plants are used, I guess, in the, uh, so, you know, by traditional healers, it wouldn't be recorded in the same way that it would be in, say, if you go to a hospital, there'd be, you know, a hospital card or your card at the doctor's. Why is it that we don't have a lot of documentation? Because indigenous medicines are used quite a lot in South Africa. Yes, yes, yes. Indeed, uh, in South Africa, many people still rely on traditional medicine for their primary health care. However, most of the studies have been focusing on other diseases such as your sexual transmitted diseases, hypertension and so forth. But then when you look in terms of the studies that have been done in the country with medicinal plants that are related to childhood diseases, you find that there are very few studies that have been documented that particular knowledge. So we took it uh, liberty to say that what's happening within that particular space. Yeah. And so with this particular one, it looked at uh, children, the use of medicinal plants um, as remedies uh, against diseases among children. It was in the Northwest. Tell us about, you know, how many families, how many children uh, were part of the study, um, how many uh, medicinal plants or remedies were included in the study as well. Okay, now thank you about that. Uh, Actually, the study... Uh, was an ethnobotanical survey which was conducted within among 101 participants uh, using semi-structured interview face-to-face. We interviewed uh, mostly traditional health practitioners who were expert in using medicinal plants that are used to treat childhood diseases and also we look into herbal vendors, the people who also sell medicinal plants. So in terms of our citations, or in terms of our analysis, we used the ethnobotanical indexes such as your frequency of citation, the use value, and the informed consensus factor to analyze the data, whereby we managed to get a total of 61 plants from 34 families that were recorded for managing seven categories of childhood diseases resulting from 29 subcategories of diseases. Uh, in this study, what was more interesting is that child 
uh, skin-related diseases and gastrointestinal diseases were the most prevalent diseases condition that were encountered by the participants. Mm-hmm. And also in terms of your frequency of sanitation, which had uh, plants such as uh, Atemsonia, Elengotium, uh, Camelina diffosa, Europhobia, Protesta, Bluebine Fortunces uh, were the most uh, cited plants that uh, people normally used to treat these various diseases. The other interesting one, it was that uh, in terms of this plant, you find that one plant was able to at least uh, manage several diseases. So there were also different plants that were joined together and as a concoction. Mm-hmm. And also one the, one of the most interesting part it was that uh, leaves and roots were also uh, the most frequently plant parts that were used, whereby decoction and maceration was the main preparation method of this particular plants. And normally 60% of these medicinal plants were administered orally and so forth, and 39% were administered dropouts. Tropically. Yes. I was reading Tropically, an, yes. Uh, I was reading an article about this research and it said um, this particular study uh, yielded the first comprehensive inventory of medicinal plants and indigenous knowledge related to child's health care in the area. Um, and does that mean this is the first time we have, I guess, this kind of research, how medicinal plants, uh, indigenous medicine is used to treat children? Is it specifically in the Northwest or in general, when we say uh, related to children's healthcare in the area, which area okay. are we referring to? Oh, yes. In the area, especially in the Northwest, this was the first study that to be done in terms of this research. There was previous study that was done by Asong et al., Dr. Asong et al., whereby he was only looking at uh, medicinal plants that are used for skin treatments within that particular area of Northwest. Then in this study, we managed to get three plants that were also similar to what he recorded before that were used by children. But then beside this, in our previous uh, study that we did, we managed to look into the whole medicinal plants that are used for children in South Africa, whereby we could see the gaps that there were 194 plants that were recorded in different studies. But then these studies were not specifically focusing on children. There was focusing on different diseases. So what happened is that uh, from this 194, then we added these new plants, the 58 plants, because I think uh, three plants were already uh, mentioned in the previous study. So this actually contributed around 58 plants. And yes, so, to uh, the country's pharmacopoeia, yes. Coming out of this research, there are some recommendations that were made, um, given the you know what the study found, the impact of indigenous and traditional plants on children's healthcare, and there were two main ones. Could you share, um, you know, t- what those recommendations were? Yes, uh, the first one that we have noticed is that uh, the government is providing financial support 
uh, to determine the role of herbal medicine in the primary health care. But then this needs to be also accelerated whereby funds are being you know, made available so that this medicine, uh, the traditional health practitioners and also the researchers and people who are interested, we need to test this medicine further, you know, to determine the efficacy, to determine the appropriate dosages and so forth. And also, we also noticed that since this study documented 61 plants, so our main question was how many plants we don't know about that have faced extinction and so forth. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the things that we said that we should have more botanicals to ensure sustainability of these plants and also to provide a role of much-needed medical care. Because you see in the Northwest province, there approximately 40% of the ecosystem is currently under severe uh, stress, uh-huh. which means that 11 out of 61 vegetation uh, sites or 14 out of 18 river types uh, are classified as threatened within that particular space. Yeah. And because of yeah, the overharvest of this medicinal plants may also, you know, cause to this plants to extinct and so forth. Mm. And so um, the idea of the botanical gardens, doctor, would those be, um, I guess, com- is the idea is that they would be community projects? So they'd be started by the community and or often, you know, traditional healers are in communities or they would be botanical gardens that um, the state would run, would start and run uh, and maintain for the purposes of, um, you know, protecting, harvesting, growing um, these these species that are threatened with extinction and overharvesting. Uh, I think this project should be not uh, should be not be a one sided project, because if it's one sided project, the other part will feel like that is not important. So it should be a joint uh, project that whereby. The government play a certain role and also the traditional health practitioners play a certain role because of at the end they are the custodians of this particular knowledge. And in terms of, you know, your particular uh, focus is on African indigenous knowledge systems. Just how much do we know how how much um, and particularly in terms of archiving, documenting, um, you know, you were saying one of the big challenges with regards to medicinal plants, for instance, is we don't have a great deal of documenting. Just how how much of those knowledge systems, of that knowledge and information, do we have documented that we can refer to, that we can share, that we can test? Uh in terms of uh, the medicinal plant, I will be more on specific on medicinal plants. Look, South Africa is one of the biodiversity hotspots with at least approximately 30,000, uh, 20, 25,000 to 30,000 plant species that are being uh, that are found within the country. And if you look at how many plant species that have been identified as medicinal plants, uh, you will be shocked because we are around 3,000 medicinal plants that have been identified as medicinal. And from those particular medicinal, we have, I think, 772 medicinal plants that are as commercialized in different farm markets. So you, if you take all that proliferation, you will see that medicinal plants, we still need to document more knowledge, given that also the elderly are now, you know, uh, 
moving to the next uh, realm of this world. So it's far much important that we occupy that space and document the knowledge. Also, the IKS Act also is also assisting in terms of of advancing that uh, that project. Mm. And uh, yeah. Dr. Tell us how the Act is advancing that project and a little bit about what that Act is and what it does. Okay, so we have the IKS Act that was signed into law in 2019. Uh, so its main function is to protect and to promote and uh, to develop and manage uh, indigenous knowledge systems in various uh, acts whereby they uh, they have identified uh, 16 disciplines that we need to look into, ranging from medicine, cosmetics, health, architecture, and other aspects. So that act is clearly stating that we need to protect, to promote, and to develop our own indigenous knowledge for future sustainability. Dr. Ndlovo, uh, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. That is Dr. Tepison Ndlovo. Uh, they are a researcher of African Indigenous Knowledge Systems at Mbomalanga University. He was part of the team that did a recent study um, looking at the efficacy of medicinal plants in um, uh, managing children's health. And it was a study done in the Northwest Province. I'm quite excited uh, about this study as someone with quite a, a big interest in traditional medicine. So I'm also excited that we're documenting stuff because some so, so much of this knowledge is undocumented.